0: The whole ethos behind the One Small Change program is that all of the evidence shows that we can only have a finite amount of willpower and we can only cope with so much at once. And in addition to that, it takes on average 60-60s to firmly embed a new habit. Hello,
1: hello. Welcome to Brand Therapy. I'm Phil. And I'm Lauren. And we are your hosts. Here's what happens. Okay someone calls us on the phone with a branding or a business challenge, we use those two terms interchangeably. We work through it for a few minutes. We leave that listener with a very happy resolution and they go on with their day and hopefully take over the world with this great advice we've given them. That's our podcast. And we are happy you are here. Are
2: we not, Lauren Moore? Thrilled, delighted, ecstatic. I can't think of any other words, but we're really happy you're listening.
1: Those are good words. We should also give people a little bit of a heads up before we get into the meat of this podcast that our podcast is changing slightly.
2: Don't say any more.
1: Okay, fine. But
2: no more. Things are happening. (laughs) Things are happening.
1: Things are evolving.
2: Things are happening beyond... Your wildest comprehension, but that's all we can say.
1: I think we should leave it at that. Yeah, yeah. leave it.
2: I mean, Love how a good annoying! Mystery.
1: How annoying are we to just say that and not give any more details? Well, we're that annoying today. You're just going to have to accept us for what we are.
2: It's like you're locked in an escape room, but like the clue is broken or misplaced.
1: <laughs> <laughs> there are no clues, or the clue is not even written in English. Not and you're there. You're like, okay, yeah.
2: Okay. Well, today's episode is a really, really good one. And as Phil mentioned, it's going to be one of the last that you will recognize as it is today. It's a really cool story about transformation. Our guest, Margaret, was a lawyer for 10 years. Then she decided to focus on helping others through fitness and developed a fitness brand. And now she has some questions about where to go next. So I guess we could just go right into it, right, Phil?
1: Let's do it. We tell her where to go next. And I think you're going to find this Episode useful for those people that are juggling two brands and want some clarity. Let's do it. Here's our conversation with Margaret.
0: My name is Margaret, and my challenge that I'm currently facing is that I'm building a second business, which is a personal brand to provide women over 30 with online fitness and nutrition advice and training. And I come from a professional background. I was a lawyer for 10 years. I've personally trained women over 30 for about seven years. So this new brand, I think dictates a higher-end product and branding behind it. But for the last seven years, the first business I've built is a group fitness franchise called Fuse Fit. So it's group fitness classes for women as a fusion of half dance fitness, half sculpt, and it's branded in a you know, slightly frivolous, fun way. I would like to link up the two brands in some way to you know, have a bit of cross-selling, build on the name I've made through FuseFit, but I don't know if there's too much of a clash between the two. So I'm wondering, do I need two separate websites? Do I need two separate businesses completely? Or is there another option?
1: Great. We'll explore all of this today. Okay. Lauren, any questions before we kick right into it? Lauren, did you have any thoughts initially? Yeah.
2: Yeah. I want to make sure I'm clear on what the two different brands are. So, Margaret, just to make sure, you've got FuseFit, which is your kind of signature program. And then you're wondering if you should create a second brand for the online membership portion. Is that right?
0: Well, it's two different audiences. FuseFit, I sell training to fitness instructors. Okay. My Fuse Fit classes. It's basically a franchise model. So they do a one-day training course and then they pay a monthly license fee to get quarterly releases and they can take my classes and music that i created and go and teach it to their customers. The Margaret Schenken brand that I'm now creating is for class participants or just women that want to get fit and healthy and I am delivering that to them online. So it's two completely different audiences.
2: Great. Great. That, that definitely clears things up. Thank you. Beautiful. Well, to, to kind
1: of just explore this personal brand, the role of this, Margaret, to start is the, the beautiful thing about a personal brand is that it never really changes. It remains the constant. So we see this all the time. People put lots of effort, time, money, resources into building a brand that ideally they can sell later, a personal brand is yours. So it can evolve over time, it will over, it will evolve as you evolve, your ideas, your focus, your interests. But the beauty of it is that you retain control over it. You, it's closely linked to you, your personality, your goals, it is you right? And even if that changes down the road, it still comes back to you. And a lot of entrepreneurs and people over the years, we see switch from like this kind of company name or corporate positioning to having a personal brand because it is more, I would argue, it's more directly indicative of what makes you great in real life. So I think today it's kind of understanding. We'll look at you, the personal brand, as a business, understand that landscape and start to explore how and if you need to juggle both brands uh-huh or consolidate under one sound good
0: yes sounds great
1: beautiful
2: so i think it would be helpful to know a bit more about what you would be offering in your personal brand
0: okay so that's easy because i'm currently running the beta test of what's ultimately going to become a 12 week online program or an annual monthly membership and what I'm delivering in that is weekly workouts, 10-minute sculpt workouts, uh, recipes each week that are in line with One Small Change. So the program is called One Small Change and they also get uh, principles to follow each week and some brain training tips and I hop on and do a live Q&A. And they also get the live workout, which they can then do for the rest of the week. The whole ethos behind the One Small Change program is that all of the evidence shows that we can only have a finite amount of willpower and we can only cope with so much at once. And in addition to that, it takes on average 60-60s 60, 60 to firmly embed a new habit. So most fitness um, offerings out there are selling you a package that that rely on you changing all of your habits overnight and waking up on a Monday morning. And you're going to start working out three to five times a week. You're going to completely change the way you eat. You are going to do 10,000 steps a day and you're going to remove all of the naughty things in your diet. And we're basically setting ourselves up for failure with that.
2: Great. Well, I can relate to that for sure. <laughs> so I'm probably your target audience. <laughs> yeah. So in your program, are you going to be using the FuseFit principles? or the, Is that going to be the workout?
0: Yes. Um, one of the big differences that, that you've now hit upon is FuseFit is, is just an exercise class. There is no nutrition involved in the FuseFit classes. So the online program under the Margaret Jenkins One Small Change incorporates health, fitness and mindset. But the 10-minute sculpt workouts that I'm giving to the One Small Change ladies are taken from the sculpt section of my Fuse Fit classes that I've been running for over seven years.
2: Great, great. Well, I have an opinion on this already. So I think, Margaret, that you definitely should have a personal brand and that this signature program should stem from you. And even just from looking at Instagram trends and how fitness instructors will literally blow up and get millions of followers for a signature program, there's a reason why that avenue works. And it's because people want to be able to. To connect with someone and feel like they have their own coach guiding them, so I really think that the personal touch is necessary. And I think that that making your personal brand really the like leading umbrella brand and actually having views fit be like a sub brand would make a lot of sense. Like, I think it should be you who's the front of all of this, whether it's your signature program for people or it's Fuse Fit for instructors.
1: Yeah. And I have the same opinion. I believe that customers respond well to evolution. And a question I would ask you that I don't even need to ask because I already know the answer is why do people go to Fuse Fit? And if I drill down on the answer to that question, I've just, I've asked it so many times on this podcast that I already know the answer. The answer will stem, <laughs> Margaret. It will be based yeah. on the fact that they like you. They like your style of teaching. They like the methodology that you've created, your personal touch on it. That keeps people coming back for more. So for us to parlay this into a personal brand really makes sense. But for Fuse Fit mm-hmm. to remain a sub- brand of Margaret, it may, for example, be the the brick and mortar space in which you do the dance and the sculpt classes, right? It could still be the studio. Nothing has to change with that. But I believe you can. You could potentially still have a separate website for it if you're getting a lot of traffic to it. But it could also be a page on your website. And that would then guide people to everything else that you're doing. So we start to then explore online programs and other offerings that you can now finally offer that stem from you and things that are connected to what people want from you. So I think it's interesting.
0: Okay. No, I understand. And it's, it's interesting that you said that because um, last year I did a TEDx talk and it was through doing that talk that I realized that I wanted to diversify into creating offerings for you know clients that want to get fit and healthy and for me to have more of a connection with them. So the connection it is really really important for me and you're absolutely right whenever I've done my market research in the few stick classes a lot of the answers come back to they're coming to the class because of me rather than anything else and so I now teach that And when I'm teaching other instructors and tell them you know once you've actually honed your skills your customers your loyal followers will come to any class you decide to teach because they're coming for you <laughs> That was
1: a quick <laughs> warning. Oh, <sorry>. Okay.
2: Fifteen. <laughs> are you are you recording?
1: I'm recording. Are
2: you? Should we tell people what happens behind the scenes at Brand Therapy while we're like sure. not in the same room? Yes. Okay. So because we're recording the audio separately, we make it life really, really easy for our amazing editor by making sure we start each audio track at the same time. So that way it can all be matched up and you can edit them side by side. So every time we have our <laughs> Apple devices set so you can see the second.
1: Because we're neurotic.
2: Because we're neurotic. And then each person gets to decide the second. We usually alternate, I think, unconsciously. Right, Phil?
1: Yeah. And then when we start to get anxious, we the the, the warning time frame goes less and less and less. So, like, you just gave me a (laughs) one-second (laughs) heads-up. So, it's like running into a room, full pant, and then everyone's staring at you. That's basically... Gripping,
2: gripping stuff (laughs) behind the (laughs) scenes of brand therapy.
1: (laughs) I mean, it doesn't get more exciting than that. Okay, let's talk about why we paused before people turn turn us off.
2: (laughs) How many subscribers do you think we just lost? (laughs) (laughs) Too many. Okay. So on the blog this week, philpallinco slash resources, we're so excited about this week's blog post. It is a contemplative opinion, but also advice piece on branding yourself versus branding your business. So similar to this
1: question a lot, like, yeah, we do every day.
2: I would say so, like without exaggeration. People don't know what the line is between being a personal brand and being a business brand, and we delve into it. There's no right or wrong answer. I would say the majority of the time we advocate for personal brands, but not all the time. Not Not all the
1: time. And now with this little bloggy blog, you'll be able to do at least, you know, get some direction on whatever situation you're in. Read through weigh the pros and the cons, and baby, make a decision.
2: Yeah, so it's decision time. Go to philphallen.co slash resources to decide what you're going to do next.
1: Love it. Let's get back to Margaret, shall we? Thank you, Margaret, for waiting so patiently. We're coming back to your conversation. Here we go. Mm Mm-hmm. I found myself recently, Lauren doesn't know this, but I found myself recently researching the brand Peloton and I'm, <laughs> I was researching a, it last night too. Oh my God, that's funny. And I, within 30 seconds, was on the Facebook pages of the instructors looking at who's qualified to be an instructor and how all of this works. So for me, as any other human would, you automatically seek the humanizing element. Who are the faces behind the brand? The top of the leadership, yes. the spokesperson, the fitness instructor in this case. And Margaret, you are the humanizing element of FuseFit. So I believe that this is a really exciting evolution of your brand that people are going to respond really well to.
0: Excellent. So what do you think would be the kind of optimum choice between having two websites or one team? So I have been sort of advised before that I could have one website in the name of Margaret Schenken, and that's the kind of umbrella. And then underneath that, you know, if you're a fitness professional, you go to the FuseFit section. If you are someone who wants to get fit, you go to everything else. I'm just not sure whether that would be too messy or not.
1: Is FuseFit a physical location, brick and mortar, or is it a class held somewhere else?
0: No, there's no physical location, so um, instructors, once they've trained, they will teach it in a gym or they will teach it out in a hall within the community.
1: So, on your personal website, firstlastname.com, if it's available, if you own it, yay. And then the first page on the site, like the first one that people can click, and maybe that's where the banner is guiding people, would be to FuseFit, if that's the most prominent part of your brand. And then maybe after Mm -hmm. that, I'd do other like programs or learning or training, or, you know, and that's where you can start to explore. Maybe you sell courses or ebooks or online you know, Fuse Fit Online or something like this where we can start to explore all the evolutions of the ways in which people can learn from you. Sure. Yeah. I would just keep everything under one roof. It's half the work. Or it just means for the same amount of time, rather than spending time juggling two different things, mm-hmm. you can actually do one thing really, really well.
0: Well, that's really good to hear because I have some advice has been that I really should keep it separate, but my preference obviously would be to have it together because otherwise it's like running two businesses. Exactly. And so, but I then wonder, I do think I'll probably have to keep the social media pages separate because I am catering for two separate markets.
2: Yeah, I agree with that. Or at least have a, a group, like you could have one page that's your personal brand, but then have groups that are for the audiences. So not only are you able to deliver them custom content that suits their needs, but they can actually connect with other people who are in a similar situation, whether they're fitness in- instructors or trying to get fit themselves.
0: Okay. And so for example, one immediate problem that springs to mind now with the website is with um. My own personal brand including advice on nutrition, but that's not included in FuseFit. So if I've got, for example, blogs on nutrition, would a you know a fitness instructor go on looking for FuseFit training and coming across sort of food blogs thinking, I don't really understand the relevance of this, or am I overthinking it because all health and fitness is related?
2: I think you might be overthinking just slightly, but it's really good you're putting this much thought into it. So that's a positive thing. I think a good brand hero for you, and I'm sure you know her, is like, and I never say her last name, right, is um, Kayla Itzinez, the Australian trainer. So you know how she's released like the recipe book and then her different types of programs? I'm envisioning something similar to you. So obviously she has her signature workout style, which are the 28-minute total. So that's her that's her workout style, but then she creates different programs off of that foundation. So I think it would be the exact same thing for you.
0: Yeah, that would be similar. And, and another one who's even more similar is... Um... I think her name's Cassie Ho. She's American. Oh, yeah. Blogilates or Yeah. So yeah. she's got Blogilates and she's got pop Popilates. And actually, when I looked into that, it's two different websites. Because, again, one is now fitness classes she's created and the other is her personal brand. So I suppose you could do it either way. You
1: could do it either way. That's what I want to stress is there's not one way or the other. Like there's pros and cons to Uh both. And ultimately, you get to make that decision. You don't just do what we tell you to do. I always opt for how do we make your life simpler. But then you also need to challenge the other side is like, if they're two separate audiences, we can't merge skydiving with life insurance. Do you know what I mean? Like There's going to be times where you just, (laughs) if you've got two different audiences, then You know, then you really need to kind of build a platform that caters to it. So that's something just to marinate on and think about it. I'll give you one thought that I have from personal experience. A little over a year ago, I split out the two verticals of my business, which is working as a small collective, as an agency providing creative services and branding with my career as a speaker, because really two different audiences clients that would hire us to do their websites and their branding and speaking agents managers or conference organizers two totally separate audiences i made two websites to serve those two audiences but it became tricky when i was trying to figure out well if i blog what site do i blog on where do we put our podcasts where does everything go and i it, and actually so now i'm 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 learning from my own mistake and i'm merging the two because i just don't have a lot of time in the day and so the time i do have i want to be impactful and i need to put all my eggs in one basket And just think creatively about how to target those audiences on that site. Mm -hmm. So food for thought.
0: Yeah. No, that's really useful because I'm actually about to start a podcast. And again, I can pitch it to be relevant to both markets. And I'm going to be doing a fitness expo in Scotland in a couple of months. And both audiences will be there, fitness professionals and clients. And so... I want to be able to gather, you know, their information together, yep. and to have one brand. I think is going to look better than having two.
1: I agree. Well, this is exciting. This is so exciting. You've got some, yeah, very. Excited. You've got some things to think about. What is going to be your next step? Tell us.
0: Well, I've only got a week left of the current beta test that I'm doing, and then I will I run it again. And then I'm going to be instructing someone to create my website, which I think I will now do as a joint website. And the ultimate aim will be to get the test I'm running off of a Facebook group and onto the website, or or basically do deliver it on both through both channels. But something I wanted to ask you, obviously this is um, you know your your expertise, is how I how I merge the two brands aesthetically because my FuseFit branding is. It's it's bright pink, purple, and white, with sometimes some black. Whereas with my personal brand, I would probably go for something much more subtle than that. Hmm.
1: Well, I kind of like. I'm looking at it right now. I love the the pink tone in the word fit. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe that purple remains the prominent color in the fuse fit, and maybe you borrow from that pink tone, which could double as bright but also professional. That like a nice kind of pinker tone. Do you agree, Lauren?
2: Yeah, yeah. And I think the great thing about you embracing your personal brand is that this is the moment to embrace something new if you want it. So if you're feeling like tired of this existing brand or feeling like you, you're itching to sort of reinvent the visuals, like Phil said, you can just pull from the Fuse Fit brand colors that you like. But this is really an opportunity to start fresh if you want it. Yeah. Mm hmm.
0: Well, I suppose what I'll be doing is um, I've hired um, someone to do a wee bit of artwork for me, and she will be creating a logo for my personal brand, which will ultimately probably head up the website. And so I suppose what you're saying is, as long as the logo didn't completely clash with the FuseFit logo, then both of them could sit together. Exactly.
1: I think it's a good idea. Yeah, you also could update your FuseFit logo. If your brand is evolving and you've got a personal brand, maybe your FuseFit logo updates as well. You can take that in whatever direction you want. Yes.
0: Yeah, I have been thinking that it's possibly a bit dated now.
1: Yeah, I think you could. I, I mean, this is the perfect moment to give it a bit of a facelift. That's what I would do. I think it's exciting. hmm Yep. Listen, well, yeah, this is wonderful. We have to We have to jump on to our next recording, but we want to thank you for your time, Margaret. What a fun little conversation. Promise that you'll circle back with us and tell us what you've updated and all the exciting developments since we've chatted. I will, definitely. I will keep you posted. Thank you so much for hanging out with us on Brand Therapy and good luck.
0: Thanks for your time. Thank you. Thank you.
1: Well, good little chat with Margaret. I think some interesting findings there, which, interestingly enough, specific to people in fitness, but also these kind of rules or conclusions are applicable to people in other industries.
2: Definitely, definitely. Fitness is, you know, as Margaret was talking, I realized that the fitness industry is actually way more complex than it's often given credit for it's so big and there are so many elements to it, whether it's like nutrition or the type of exercise that you're doing, the program that you're offering, if you yourself want to be an instructor. So I can understand why she was kind of grappling with making some of those bigger decisions.
1: Yeah. Us on the outside, we take inventory and it's so simple. We're like, yes, if you use it as one. I think it will make her life easier. But again, doesn't necessarily need to combine it all into one website. So it could still be multiple websites if they serve different audiences. There's no kind of one fits all for everyone in fitness and and just in general. So I think it's important to have a, a dialogue about it, which is exactly what we do on this podcast.
2: Definitely. So what do you think were the main
1: takeaways? Sure. So if we talk specifically about fitness, I would say people want to connect with a person not just a company. We gave the example of Peloton, right? Mm -hmm. A new brand that's growing just insanely fast. The idea is that like they have live trainers that you can stream from the comfort of your home and you have this really souped up awesome bike that's very expensive, but you don't have to actually travel to a spin class to spin. They've been very smart in their branding because they've really focused on the personalities that deliver the classes from a live studio. It's so cool. So we fall in love with people. We don't really fall in love with companies. So when you are representing a company, you need to be aware of that.
2: Definitely, definitely. I I fully agree. And I think another one is like, Another big factor that we learned on the call is the importance of distinguishing your audience so that you know how to sell efficiently. Like I did not think it was sustainable for Margaret to have two offerings at all. So I guess creating groups that would be easier to manage to appeal to your different markets would really help her save time.
1: Another thing that I was thinking about, you and I both use an app called ClassPass. And I think about the types of fitness classes we go to. In fitness and really in business in general, don't shy away from specificity. Have you noticed that on ClassPass, which I'm just using as an example, they have like gym time. You can do a block of gym time and it's like the the fewest number of points, which means it costs the least amount of money. Yet I've never done that. In over 100 classes, I've never even done that. I always go for like the specific class if it's like a specific, you know, a fun spin class on a Friday night or Pilates or boxing the more specific the better to differentiate yourself in an industry that is very competitive.
2: Definitely. And and the la- kind of last takeaway is that if you've got a legacy brand like Margaret did, it can be scary to change it, but I really think that if you're offering something new, that can be a real catalyst for rebranding. Like that's your moment to take advantage of it and update your visuals if you want to.
1: If you've enjoyed this episode with Margaret, and by the way, thank you, Margaret, let us know. We want to hear from you. I'm at Phil And I'm at the Lauren Moore. Hashtag brand therapy. That's where we are following the conversation. That's where you can send a tweet and we will likely see you. Tag us. Also, if you enjoyed the episode, leave a review. That really helps other people discover this podcast. iTunes, we're in Spotify as well. So we're everywhere that you are. Thanks for hanging out. Yeah. And we'll be back again soon with a brand new episode. See you then. Bye. Here's a little preview of our next episode. Going live enables you to show the real you to be more authentic and vulnerable, and it also allows your audience to connect with you.